This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi friends, we're back for another episode of Tigress and I'm so caffeinated and so hyped for this episode because we have a very special guest and we're going to be talking about a topic that I have a lot of fucking questions about and that is polyamory, polygamy, having many different relationships and as y'all know from what I share on social media and what we've talked about in past podcast episodes is I am in a monogamous relationship. I've always been a monogamous person in relationships but I also have a lot of questions and a lot of curiosities and something that I find myself thinking about a lot or even reading about in my own time is polyamory. And I think that it's a result of a lot of different things. It's a result of being at a point in my life where I am always thinking about like questioning social constructs, whether it be in my work around periods or around sex or around pleasure and around relationships. And I think that especially in the conversation around feminism and reclaiming sexuality, polyamory comes up a lot. And I think that, you know, something I've always struggled with in my own life has been this shame from society about about being interested in sex and pleasure, especially as an Asian American woman and with so many other parts of my identity. So again, polyamory is something I'm curious about. It's not something that I've experienced myself, but I've been finding myself in more and more conversations with friends, other entrepreneurs, and hearing about their experiences with polyamory. And it's always been really exciting for me to hear because I think for so long I assumed that polyamory was something that was more of a phase that you grew out of. And now I have a lot more of like married or even older friends who have really embraced polyamory as like a core part of their identity and their lifestyle. And I think for me, it's something I'm interested in and fascinated by because I just feel like it takes the utmost self-confidence and being assured with yourself and not having jealousy or insecurity in your relationship to have polyamorous relationships. And there's a part of that that is really interesting to me. I am in a monogamous relationship and my boyfriend and I have talked a lot about this. He is much more traditional and has no interest in polyamory. And that's something that I'm okay with for now. But I also think that Um, He knows I'm very interested in this as a concept. So we're going to be talking about polyamory today, and I'm actually going to be bringing on a guest uh, who I know very well and who's a dear friend and uh, colleague and kind of boss of mine, Um, and that is Chris Colbert, who is the founder of DCP Productions, which is my production company. So as you know, I have this podcast, Tigris, and Tigris is signed with a production company called DCP Entertainment, and like 
on my birthday in February, a few months ago, I invited Chris to my birthday party and he was like, oh, can I bring one of my partners, BTW, I'm polyamorous. And I was like, yes. Yes, Chris. And then I knew in my head that I wanted to have him on the podcast because I have so many questions and he's open to talking about it. And I always want to respect people's privacy. But as soon as they're like, okay, yeah, let's talk about it. I'm like, let's get into it. So Chris is going to be joining me today here in studio in his studio to be talking a little bit more about his experience with polyamory. And this is just his experience. And I have a lot of questions and we're going to dive into as much as he's open to talking about. So with that, Let's hear from Chris. Hi, Chris. Hey. I'm so excited. I'm like bubbling over with so many questions. <laughs> let's start. Okay, I introduced you already. So let's start here. Where did your polyamory journey begin? So it began December 31st, 2019. I specifically okay. know it because that was when I broke up with my girlfriend of four years. And at the time, like I had already been really trying to take better, like, you know, do more self-care, going yeah. to therapy and you know, meditation. I was actually getting them things like Reiki. Like I was really just like exploring all the things. Um, and in past relationships, I've had people who like brought up like, hey, would you be open to an open relationship? Like they weren't asking for mm -hmm. us, but they were just kind of like, what's your thoughts on it? And so when I broke up with my girlfriend of four years, like I was already doing all this work on myself. I was like, you know what? Now's a good time to try this out. Yeah. And it was really with a thought process of like, well, what if somebody asked me this in the future? I'd love to have a real answer of like, I've tried it. It doesn't work for me for X or Y reasons, or maybe it does work. And so, yeah, that was kind of the start. And uh, I just unfortunately became polyamorous right as the pandemic hit. Yeah. So when you like when you went through that breakup, was it specifically because you wanted an open relationship? No, actually. It, so the open relationship thing was never actually my idea. Yeah. It was something that women actually had asked me about. Um, but no, the relationship breakup was really more around mental health, like both yeah. of us taking better care of ourselves. And so I think even from that standpoint, it allowed me to think more critically about, okay, what are the things that are going to make my life more fulfilling? Yeah. Um, and part of what I realized is I'm codependent, like codependent in the way of, I feel like I have to take care of everybody. Mm -hmm. And so like the pattern in a lot of my relationships is like, I am giving so much of myself to the other person. And also because I run two businesses, like I'm putting so much time and effort there. So even with the effort I'm trying to give to my partners, I feel like it's not enough. And so like I'm having this constant guilt, but also at the same time, they're probably not getting what they need. And so like I was looking at polyamory as a possible way of like, oh, okay, I'm not going to be this person's end all be all. Yeah. They have other partners. So if they come to me and say, hey, like, can we talk? I can be honest, like, hey, I have too much going on or, you know, I have these certain boundaries. I'm not able to talk right now. And I can still know that they're going to get some kind of help from, you know, one of their other partners yeah. or, or friends. So I think that was all part of like that start. But then as I got into it, like I learned so many other reasons of why it's like a great lifestyle for me. Yeah. And when you first got, got into polyamory, it was wasn't your idea. It was something that was being brought to you. Yeah. And. I, I'm very fascinated by polyamory, like honestly as a concept, but also like from an act, weirdly nerdy academic lens. <laughs> and I know that there are many forms of polyamory, right? Yeah. Like there's nine forms, I think, of depending on if it's, you know, relationships, hierarchical relationships. How do you find yourself like in your own polyamory experience? Yeah, and I think it's always evolving. I'm just learning what's best for mm -hmm. me. The way mine is really constructed is more... Like, I'm good friends with all the partners I have. I don't really have one night stands. I've never been yeah. that kind of person. Um, so I have friendships. So it's kind of like more of a friends with benefits, but I don't have a primary. So it's not yeah. like this ethical non-monogamous, that E&M is a space where a lot of people fall into. 
I'm kind of like a hybrid of that. I have those personal relationships. We, I ha- I'm in love with some of yeah. my various partners, but I love them for different reasons. Um, and so for me, I know that, as I was saying before, work comes first because my work is very mission driven. Yeah. And so I've now understood that, okay, that's going to be first. So now with my partners, I let them know that like work comes first. You are one of my multiple partners, but I can't make you a primary either because now that would feed into my codependency. Yeah. Of like, okay, this person, I am their end all be all, even though they have other partners, I'm their emotional support. Um, and so I make sure that every partner I'm with gets equal. I try to make sure they get equal time and also, um, I guess, equal engagement. So yeah. like if I take someone on vacation, I went to Aruba with a partner. Then I went hiking and did a weekend getaway out in nature because that was something one of my other partners wanted to do. So I'm, o- I'm only going to do something with a partner if I know I can do it with all my partners. Yeah. But separately. How many partners do you have? Is there like a you want to get to a number or is it like you meet someone and you're like, this is a new partner? So like my sweet spot is like two and three. Yeah. Um, I accidentally had four at one point um because too I, much to handle oh my god it was <laughs> exhausting and the other thing i realized too like the generational differences yeah. so i tend to date women older than me um but i've dated some women who are younger so i am 36 but i've had uh partners who are 24 and i've had partners who are 44 yeah and i've noticed that the partners that i've had that are 30 and younger text all the time you know, yeah. every single day multiple times a day i'm just not used to that Whereas my partners were in their 40s, we might text like once a week. And like, yeah. I love that. And I think a lot of it goes back to like the way we were raised with technology. Um, so like part of how I look at that number is like, okay, I can definitely only have one partner under 30. Yeah. Um, and I can possibly have multiple partners that are, you know, 30 and above. And in these relationships, is it romantic? Or do you consider like a partner just someone you're consistently, you know, hooking up with or have a physical connection with? For me, it's, it's a lot of romantic. Because I, yeah. I, I think... And this is not for everybody, but for me, like, I think you're always going to have some kind of emotional connection. Like, if you're hanging out with someone on a fairly regular basis. Um, so, yeah, I think of them very much as romantic relationships, but there's still a lot of conversation, a lot of com- open communication about, like, what are our boundaries? What does a relationship mean to me? Yeah. Um, I literally broke up with a partner last night because we, the what I'm able to give at this current time isn't enough for what she needs in terms of, like, constant communication and also constant validation of her but like my mind is so focused on work right now I can't necessarily give that so like the open communication is another piece that I love um and I think that's also what makes good polyamory is that open communication yeah I'm curious about the how transparent you are with it because I feel like for me like I've always been really interested in trying to have an open relationship but there are a few barriers which are like I don't want to talk to the my whatever partner about my other partners mm-hmm. and if they're hooking up with other people I don't want to know about it like I kind of I feel like I'm more I I have like a jealous bone in my body where I'm like more territorial in that way uh-huh. so I'm curious like do your partners all know each other do you all hang out so no they don't know each other like they've never yeah. met but they know about each other okay and every partner is different so I've had I have one partner who wants to know every detail about all my yeah. other relationships they'll literally check in with me how are you doing with someone so oh I'm glad to hear that or if things aren't going well oh I'm so sorry because yeah. they're more invested in me being happy as opposed to you know just our one-on-one and you know you can still be that way and be jealous yeah but you know she doesn't have much of a jealous bone whereas other partners don't even want to know about the other ones they know that I have other partners but they don't want me to bring it up yeah out of respect anytime I am with one of my partners I'm not going to answer a call or text from another partner I might quickly look at it and say hey I'm out with somebody and then just you know let it go 
Um, but in terms of like how I communicate about my you know, partners, the way I like to do it, it's, I'm just very upfront of, I have this many partners. And then I'll ask, do, do you want me to tell you more about what those relationships are yeah. or ages or things like that? Um, and for me on the flip side, I also do like to know about people's partners, but to, like you, I don't want to know the details. Yeah, I'm not a jealous person by nature at all. Even when I was monogamous, I was never really jealous. I, I can control what I can control. And if someone's going to cheat on me, you know, I, yeah. I'll just end it, but I can't control that. So I don't worry myself about it, but I also don't want someone throwing it in my face. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I prefer that my partners don't tell me about like the personal interactions um, but I do like to know that they're happy and, and that they're getting fulfilled, you know, elsewhere. I just don't want to necessarily know all the acts that they're yeah. doing, whether it be sexually or just having fun or whatever. But do you know, like, okay, this person has this many partners, this one has other part, like, you know, the names and yeah, yeah. Okay. Some of them. And some of them also don't want to tell me the thing. So I don't yeah. push, but I say like, I am open to hear it if you want to tell me. Yeah. And there are some partners who have been like, oh, like, you know, they've found like other partners that I've been with on the internet like I actually might show them a picture of them like oh yeah. they're really cute like maybe we should have a threesome and yeah. so that sometimes that comes up but then I will talk to the other person and say are you open to that yeah and most of the time it's not and you know I've had certain partners say like I want to do a threesome but I can't have it be with one of your other regular partners yeah because I want to be the one snuggling with you afterwards or I don't want to have to worry about like who gets the most attention yeah and as I thought about like I don't want that responsibility yeah. either like I'm not going to be overthinking everything in the moment and yeah, I'm going to be worried I'm not giving my all to one of them. Yeah. I think that there's a really interesting paradox here, though, when it comes to, like, you being busy with work and stuff, which is, like, your dating life is fascinating to me, but also, like, sounds so exhausting. <laughs> like, I feel like having one partner with emotions and romance and feelings and even, like, I maybe you have an overabundance of love to give, right? But, like, you just told me you went through a breakup and a first date yesterday. Yeah. That sounds like emotionally so much, right? So like how, I don't know, like, you know, again, I, you, you're kind of talking about it in a way where, oh, this kind of serves my work life because I'm able to prioritize my work. But to me, you have a very active dating life that seems to kind of be more than honestly what I give to one relationship, you know? Yeah. And you're right. Th that's the question I get the most. And I've even gotten it from some of my yeah. partners. And actually I, I was, so yes, yesterday I had a, I had a, a first date with somebody at, that started at like 7 PM. We wrapped around eight 30 and then I went to go see another partner who said like, Hey, we need to talk. And so I went to visit them. And so by nine o'clock we had then broken up because they had certain, as I yeah. just mentioned before, like they had certain boundaries, what have you. So within like a four, I mean, yeah, four hour time span, I had a breakup and a, a new potential partner. And after that, what I didn't tell you before is that I also then was texting with one of my first ever poly partners. We had recently broken yeah. up about four months ago. And I was just telling her about, you know, the breakup that just happened. And she asked that exact question that you said. And for me, I think part of, yes, it can be exhausting because it is just multiple people that I'm thinking about. It's just, it's like just multiple balls in the air. Yeah. That said, I think the good thing for me is that I've also realized that a lot of the great qualities that I have, like the, the doing yoga, meditation, the way I eat, a lot of it comes from the women I've met and the multiple women that I've met mm -hmm. over, even when I was monogamous, I would just kind of learn these different things. And so I look at it as like all these interactions I'm having are also bettering me. Um, and at the same time, it's allowing me to, be exposed to like other ways of thinking. So as exhausting as it can be, there's, there is also that flip side of like, this is making me better in the long run. Now, 
as it gets exhausting, that's when you're supposed to take a step back. Okay, do I need to create more boundaries or even just tell a partner, hey, this doesn't work right now for me. Um, so I did find myself accidentally with four partners at one time. And I say accidentally because I had lost the partner. So I was only down the one. Yeah. And I was like, oh, let me go on a couple dates. And next thing I know, like all the dates went well. And, you know, now we're all regular partners. And I got to a point where I had to tell two of them, like, all right, we can't continue this. I just have too much on my plate. So it's just constantly checking in with yourself and knowing what your boundaries are in any given moment. And I know labels are always like a tricky thing. How do labels factor into this? Like, I know you call them partners. But like when you think of these relationships, are these like long term partners? Are they like girlfriends? Are you dating? Are you dating with the idea of this is something we're going to learn from each other and we'll see how fun we have much fun we have? Or is it no, I'm inviting people into my life as a consistent partner because I want something long term, even if it's with multiple people? a good question i think it, it really depends on the the other person for me like I, the way i go into it i'm looking at it hey i'm making a great friend who i also happen to be sexually attracted to and yeah. also you know has the same feelings for me so i go into it with that open mind of let's see where this goes um i don't know if a year from now i decide i want to be monogamous again or maybe i want to be more enm where yeah. it's more of an open relationship situation where i have a primary and then just other people who satisfy me in, in different ways you know intellectually or what have you um but yeah, for me, I think it really is more based around friendship, but not necessarily like, oh, this friendship's going to lead to us getting married or something yeah. like it. I, I think it takes away that um, the, I'm not thinking of the right word, but it takes away like that having to guess, what's that word? Uh... Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save money on your insurance? Of course you would. After all, who wouldn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all of the things in your life, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners, condo, or renters coverage. You could save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And choosing to switch to GEICO becomes an easy choice. Switch to Today and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save. This show is part of the pro-democracy podcast coalition. I think most of us agree that in a functioning democracy, the winner should be determined by the voters. Well, that almost didn't happen in 2020. Now extremists are working to intimidate and replace nonpartisan election workers with quote unquote yes men who might reject election results. The only thing that will stop them is us. We partnered with the grassroots pro-democracy organization, Represent Us, to give you the tools you need to protect free and fair elections. Learn more and get involved. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. No, oh, yeah, it takes away the, like that that thought of like what is this going to be? Yeah. Um, there's a great word for that. We're gonna figure it out one day. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, yeah. So it takes that away, and so I get to live in the moment. But I have partners that I've been with for two years, but I've had some partners I was only with for two months because yeah. we realized we're just not on the same wavelength. And then I have some partners I've now been with for about a year, but we've only actually actually met up and been together five times. Mm-hmm. So it just, you know, it ebbs and flows and just kind of depends on the other person and, and how busy they are and also what they want out of the relationship. Is there a conversation at some point that's like, I want you to be my partner? 
versus like we'll hook up when it's convenient. So that's happened a bunch lately. Um, I had one partner uh, who I was with for two years uh, who had been married before and had been cheated on by their partner and then got into polyamory because they're like, oh, well, men are just cheating on everybody. Well, then I might as well just, you know, do this more openly and just know what I'm getting into. And I think because the reasoning of why she got into it is partially why she eventually was like, oh, no, I really want to be monogamous. And so she wanted for us to be monogamous. And I had to say, well, unfortunately, like that's just not where I am at this given time. And I, to be honest, I wish I could want to be monogamous with her. I love her a lot. And um, if things lined up differently, I probably would be monogamous with her. But right now, that's just not what's healthy for me. And so that can be the really tough thing of being polyamorous, that you can really love somebody and want to be with them in some kind of way. But what your needs are can be different. And so out of the the abundance of wanting them to be happy, you have to take a step back and let them do whatever they need to do and not try to force some kind of relationship. Yeah. And I've had other partners uh, even recently now, too. Uh, I uh, was dating somebody who hadn't dated in a long time. They were just rediscovering what dating meant to them. And so, you know, they thought they just wanted to be loose and free. And as things went along, they're like, you know what? I need more consistency. I need, you know, somebody that I can lean on when things are tough. Or I have partners who have kids. Like, I need someone to help me with the kids. And, you know, I can't offer those things. And so, you know, you really just have to, you know, take a step back and and just understand that this is for the betterment of of all of us separately, but hopefully together at times. But is there a conversation like with so with the two, three partners you have right now, like are these partners where you've had a conversation at some point where it's like, I would like you to be one of my partners? Oh, I got what you're saying. No, I think you. So I've met my partners in a few different ways. I've met some in person. I've met some at work conventions. I've met some on apps. And I actually use more of a kink app called Field. Yeah. Um, And so like that app is all based around sex. And so like you go into the interactions knowing that all right, we're attracted to each other. This is eventually possibly leading to sex if we hit it off. And so, like, it just kind of rolls into, hey, you want to go out again? You want to go out again? And you don't have the the talk. Yeah, there's not a defined label on it or anything. Yeah, but for yeah. the people that I meet just randomly out, like, one, I have to first tell them, hey, I just want to let you know, like, I don't want to lead you on. I am polyamorous. This is what this means to me. And if that's okay with you, I'd love to continue hanging out with you. But if it's not, totally understand. Totally so if anything, that's the talk I have. It's more about, like, this is my lifestyle. And then if they say, yeah, I'm fine with that, then it's kind of the same situation as the dating apps. Like, all right, well, now we understand where this might be leading. Let's just hang out and see where things go. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit kind of on that note about love and sex. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I get really excited about my questions. So please feel free to refuse (laughs) to answer any questions. (laughs) So two things on the topic of love, right? Like, how do you define love? And do you love any of your partners? Hmm. I I define love in terms of like truly caring about somebody and truly caring about somebody means that that is regardless of also your own feelings at times. Mm -hmm. So it was like I was just saying before, like if they need to be happy with a monogamous partner or a partner who's not me, then if I love them, I'm going to let them go. Um, And so that's what love means to me. I also don't believe that love is linear. And I think that's also part of why I'm poly. I've never believed that there is a soulmate for all of us. Mm-hmm. I think that there are multiple people that we love. I think, you know, even when you think about your own life, how many times you've been in love? And every time you break up, you're like, oh, I'm never going to find someone else yeah. like that. And then you find someone you love even more. And who has to say that that has to be linear? You can love multiple people at the same time. Um, and so, Is it romantic love? Yeah. 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 And I think part of that romantic love is also there's different parts of our personality. I'm a jock. But I'm also kind of nerdy, but I also love media. I'm a business owner. 
and so like there's different people I date that satisfy me more on the entrepreneurial intellectual side or even maybe my activism side. Um, and so I love them because of those qualities and those qualities still wrap themselves into romantic love. But like I get something different from all these different relationships that I may have. And there's never I, I'm curious, is there ever like a natural I love that I'm more in love with this person than I am with this person like this person, if I have to choose or like you have a weekend free, like yeah. is there a hierarchy in your own heart or is it more of like this is the kind of experience and, per and energy that I'm craving right now? I try my best not to do it because yeah. then that makes me kind of fall into like this is my primary. Yeah. But, you know, you can't help it sometimes. And yes, like I've had partners who I, I love more than the other yeah. partners who I'm with. But I still try to spread my time equally as best as I can. Um, but it's still tough. Like, I, yeah. I do make it a point not to spend holidays with my partners. Yeah. Because, again, like I don't want anybody to be upset that you spent, you know, New Year's with this person. You didn't spend it with me or Valentine's Day. Um, but I still, like, maybe their birthdays, I'll hang out with them and give them some, you know, give them that attention and that love. But, yeah, when it comes to you know, loving my partners, you can't necessarily control that and yeah. how much you're going to love them, but you can control how you make them feel and, and how you split your time amongst them. So I do try my best to make sure I give equal time. Yeah. But I do, like in the back of my head, I was kind of mentioning that partner who wanted to be monogamous. That's probably the one I've loved the most. And I still very much love them. And we're, we're texting now, but we're probably not going to end up together. And, yeah. and so I still just give them that space. But also if they want to talk, like I still want to continue to be friends with them because that's really where this first started. Yeah. I think something that is like what's fascinating to me about polyamory is that it kind of feels like so there's so much intersection with like your core beliefs, right? Around like love and humans and relationships. And I think one of the reasons like I'm, personally curious about polyamory myself is that like a lot of those values I share right mm -hmm. which is the idea of I do think we're all super different I think love is linear I believe that everybody's so unique that you get different energy and experience in relationships with them right mm -hmm. but I also like find myself in monogamous relationships because I don't want them to hook up with anybody else you know <laughs> so like yeah. it's kind of more of like less of a personal urge but I'm curious how you think about the permanence of this, right? Like, for example, when it comes to my sexuality, I will always be pansexual. You know, I feel like I was born pansexual. I had grown up thinking the norm was to be heterosexual, but I will always be attracted to people regardless of gender. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that the type of relationship or how you think of polyamory or monogamy is like sexuality, but for you, is it something where it's like, this is polyamory something I'm craving right now or is it because of my values and ideas around love relationships sex my humanhood I am always polyamorous this is a core part of my identity I think I'm still figuring it out I think it started with the the first part of like okay this is fun this is great for me right now but the more that I'm in it I'm now a little bit over two years in like the more I'm in it the more I realize all the benefits and how much it fits who I am and also fits my trauma yeah you know I think a lot of what we do in life is informed by the trauma that we've had growing up. And, you know, listening to your show, I, I know that very much, you know, applies to you as well. I grew up around a family that literally no one has not gotten divorced. Mm -hmm. um, everybody's divorced in my family. So from a very young age, I never was big on marriage, but I always felt like I had to be monogamous to have a child because that was something I wanted. But the yeah. older I get, I now realize I don't know if I necessarily want a child, especially because a lot of the work I do business-wise is all about helping people. And I can affect more people if I'm not tied down by a child. 
I can affect more, you know, more young people by mentoring as opposed to just being an adult of one, I mean, being the parent of one child. Um, and so I then equate that to your question in terms of like the, the permanence of this. Well, without me necessarily feeling like I need to have a child, which is what leads to monogamy for yeah. me, then do I really need monogamy? And was that really right for me? And I've had some great partners, even friends who've recommended some good books. And I wish I could remember them off the top of my head here. But there's books that talk about just us as human beings from a scientific standpoint. We aren't maybe necessarily supposed to be monogamous. When you think about the history of uh, Homo sapiens of being nomads and you know, you were raising children as a group. You didn't yeah. have one partner. You had multiple partners. It wasn't until we finally, like, you know, became farmers and, and all that and stayed in one place that for security, we had, you know, significant others. And honestly, marriage comes from a lot from ownership of women, which makes me feel really uneasy about the whole situation. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the more that I do research, the more that I experience things, the more I talk to people, the more I realize that this could be more of a permanent thing for me. But I still leave my mind open to the fact that maybe I do find someone that I fall so deeply in love with that, you know, really completes me in so many different ways that that's where I need to be. Yeah. Do you think you want children? <sighs> I don't think so anymore. Because I also think I recognize that part of that want for children was possible, possible from, you know, possibilities from my own trauma of yeah. my, my own father not being around. Um, and he's in my life, but at the same time, we don't have a great relationship. And I didn't have those like, hey, we're going to play catch kind of things. Like, I want to give that to a child. But then I realized, am I bringing a child into the world to give somebody what I didn't have as opposed to actually wanting a child? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the more I think about it, the more I think like, no, I think my want for a child before was a little bit more selfish as opposed yeah. to really wanting to bring a life into the world. Yeah. I mean, it's also you can have kids and be in an open relationship. Oh, yeah. I know many parents who do it. I know I tons mean, of you them. Know, um, something you said I think is really interesting, which is if you found someone you fell in love with, maybe you would want to be monogamous, right? And this is honestly like the biggest, I think, not argument, but thing that my own boyfriend brings up, which is I am so in love with you. Why would I want to be with anybody else? But I also know that there is polyamory in which like whether it be primary or otherwise, does being in love with someone constitute monogamy? Right. Like in your mind, if can you be in love with multiple people or is in your mind being in love with someone means complete monogamy? I don't believe that being in love with someone means complete monogamy. And I think part of it is because, as I was saying before, I don't think love is linear. I think I can yeah. love multiple people at the same time. And I think the problem for me in being in a monogamous relationship, because I have some people who are like, well, why can't you just have multiple friends who are helping give you that energy that you're getting from being polyamorous. Yeah. So I'm like, well, sometimes, and this is where open communication happens with your partner, whether you're monogamous yeah. or not, a lot of times people see that as emotionally cheating. If mm -hmm. you are connecting with people on a deep emotional level in the way that I like to. Like, I love talking to people about our trauma and like getting deep on those kind of conversations. And that can make your significant other feel less than or feel like they're not getting something special as opposed to these other women you're hanging out with or, you know, whatever gender you may be uh, yeah. with. And so... For me, I think that's part of also why I look at love in the way I do, um, that I can love people, but also that doesn't constitute us being monogamous because I could now emotionally be cheating if I yeah. try to f fully experience life and all the connections that can be out there. Yeah. When you think of yourself like 30 years from now, do you see your, like, is there a part of you that's like, oh, I, I want to be like living with someone? 
Yeah, I, I think it enters my mind. Yeah. And I think there's that concern that people always talk about, especially if you don't have kids or significant other, like, oh, you're going to end up alone. You're going to, you know, fall down and no one's going to be able to help you up. Like, that's what life alerts for. We're good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have technology. We got these smartphones. I'll be fine. Um, but yeah, like I, I sometimes worry. And one of my partners actually asked me outright one time. She's like, how are you not lonely? Yeah. And I didn't have a good answer for it. To be honest, I, my answer as I thought about it was like, I've just always been lonely. And I think, again, the way I was raised, parent situation, also my mom was an entrepreneur, not around a lot. My default mode is being by myself. And I value that time by myself. Um, but at the same time that we need constant, you know, human interaction. But I'm also, an in, I'm also an extrovert. So I know I can get that interaction if I want to. So, yeah, as I think about what my life's going to be 30 years from now, I don't think I need a partner. Yeah. But I do still get concerned some, sometimes that, yeah, I'm not going to have that moving forward. But I will then give this caveat that I think that there's more either at least open conversation about it or more people who are poly now. Yeah. So I also think that by the time I am, you know, in my 60s, there's going to be other people in their 60s who are also living this lifestyle or have had lived this lifestyle and are, you know, still want to have this, you know, these kind of communicate. Uh, these kind of connections with people. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I'm curious about uh, what you think your love languages are. Uh, I've actually done the whole test. I got to look them back up again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, getting getting gifts is one of them. And it's not like I'm not a materialistic person at all. I wear hoodies every single day, and and I've been <laughs> you wearing do? This, yeah, and I've been wearing the same shoes for the last few. Like my mom had to take me shopping. She's like, I know you're in your 30s, Chris, but I need to take you shopping. <laughs> yeah. You need some new clothes. Uh, but the the gifts are thoughtfulness to me. Yeah. Like you're thinking about what in, what I enjoy, and and so yeah, the, the my love language very much is giving gifts. And a bit of words of affirmation, but not as, as you know, that's not my, my main one. Um, like, have you to, don't need to text me every day. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because that then stresses me out. Yeah. Because <laughs> now I feel like I have to communicate back to you. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think my main love language is definitely um, uh, definitely gifts. Yeah. I, that's so interesting to me because for me, I'm like, if you have multiple partners, like, I would kind of assume it would be, like, physical touch or, like, quality time, right? It's fascinating, though, that you were asked, like, your, if your standard is lonely because I kind of, you know, often hear, like, more you talk more and I'm like, if it sounds like you're never alone. If you have to juggle and give people equal times, it sounds like you don't have a, a lot of alone time. So that is true. And, and that is the boundaries that I'm having to reset for myself yeah. at the current moment. And like I was just on vacation last week and part of that was I'm just overloaded. I need to get back into some of these healthy habits. I've let myself backslide on the work end, on the, my personal life side. I currently have someone living with me who's going to college, so they're not going to be living with me much longer. But, like oh even, even, but even going home has yeah. been like, oh, my God, there's just always people around. I don't yeah. get any alone time. So I'm very much in a mode right now of what you said where I'm just overloaded with people. Is the loneliness internal then? It's, yeah, it's an internal thing because I'm an extrovert. I can go out to any bar and make a new friend anytime I want. Um, not to brag, but yeah. like I, I have that ability, but I, I don't have the energy to do it at the moment. And so I need to, to recharge myself. And so, yeah, even in this lifestyle, um, you sometimes just have to take a step back, maybe from the way you're currently operating to just kind of get yourself back to where you need to be. Yeah. What, how much fulfillment do you think of this, the polyamory lifestyle is from sex? It sounds like if you meet people on field, like it kind of originates from the sex, the need for sexual interaction? Yes and no. So I think I'll speak only for myself. Yeah. I can't, you know, I can't talk for anybody else. I've never been like a super sexual person. I, I think most people think I have sex with more people than I actually do. Yeah. Um, but I have lots of female friends. I've just, I was raised by women. I'm most comfortable around women. 
but in terms of like sex, when it comes to operating on field, what I love about field is that I can, my, in my profile, it's like, oh, I'm poly. And I know you can do that on other places, but like, it's specifically a thing about kink, which not only does it allow me to say that I'm poly, it also lets me tell you, these are the things that I like sexually. Yeah. And these are necessarily the things that I don't like sexually. And my potential partners who I'm finding on field, I get the no from the jump. Hey, this is what you like. This is what you don't like. So now we know if we're sexually compatible before we even have a conversation. Yeah. So like, yes, it is kind of sex forward, but it's to me, it's sex forward in a responsible way of like understanding what kinks that we have that are going to align or if there are things that don't align. And yes, I might find you really attractive, but ooh, like you're into more of the BDSM stuff that yeah. I'm comfortable with. So let me swipe left here. Yeah. That makes sense. So in terms of like your, but your relationships with your mainly partners, it's both romantic and sexual. Oh yeah. So yeah, we're not, yeah. I do have, and this is where the varying relationships can be. I have one partner who uses me as a booty call. I think I yeah. came over once for just like an hour and then went home. Yeah. Um, but most of my partners I spend, you know, 24 hours with, they'll come over, we'll have dinner, we'll do some kind of activity. We'll go on vacation. We'll go on vacation. <laughs> um, and you know, I'll sometimes hang out with their friends. I, I tend to kind of keep my world separate. I yeah. tend not to bring them around often, but I've brought one of my partners to one of your events before. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's it just each situation is a little bit different. I'd say my preferred way is really, yes, spending quality time yeah. together because I really want that emotional connection and, and to really like not only better my life, but I love also because I am a, a codependent. Like I love enhancing other people's lives. Yeah. So some of my partners, especially the younger ones, like I'm showing them how they should be treated by a man. Yeah. Because a lot of them, unfortunately, you know, a lot of men don't necessarily treat their partners that great. Yeah. And that's not just men, but you know, especially as I talk with women, we are really bad. Yeah. So like I also love being able to show like this is how you should be treated. And even if we don't end up together or, or you know, we stop dating in a little while, at least you now have a better standard for the way that you should be that you deserve to be treated. Yeah. Um, kind of to wrap this up too, I'm curious how your family has reacted. Surprisingly, they're <laughs> They've been perfectly fine with it. I think part of it is like, I haven't had many girlfriends in my life, or yeah. at least ones that they know about. I just kind of keep things separate and they just have no boundaries when it comes to my <laughs> relationships. Um, and so like, I think for them, just like, oh yeah, this makes sense. At least he's not, you know, getting divorced or cheating on people. Yeah. Like I have a father who cheated and still cheats to this day. Um, or at least I believe he still cheats yeah. to this day. Um, and so like, I think for them, there's like, all right, at least he's not bad like that. Um, at least he's being upfront for them. Just like be safe. You know, yeah. STDs and, you know, there's even beyond that, just like, you know, sometimes someone might try to set you up. And so anyway, I think for them, it's just more about the safety side. But when it comes to like my love life, I remember when I was telling my mom, I was kind of nervous about telling her, I'm like, I have something to tell you about, you know, my kind of my dating or whatever. And she's like, all right, so either one or two things, either you're telling me you're gay uh, or you're telling me you're, you know, you're dating multiple people. Yeah. Like, I'm dating multiple people. She's like, all right, great. And yeah. her great, by the way, just to not dog my mom out, make her, you know, make it sound like she's homophobic. Oh, yeah. It's just more like I it was the same reason that growing up she wanted me to date black women. Yeah. It's I don't want people to stare at you. I don't want people to make you feel bad. It, it was like, oh, well, at least this is like a little bit, this is gonna be easier for you as opposed yeah. to if you have to go through this as another marginalized community, you know, person. Yeah. So yeah, my family's been super open with it. I think my siblings have been. Originally, they were kind of like, what the heck is that? Yeah. Um, but I have a brother who's currently getting divorced, and he's like, teach me. Teach me? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much. I have. I feel like we could talk about this forever. Oh, yeah, definitely. I also, like, I would love to know some of those book recommendations because I feel like, again, for me, like, the academic side of it or just, like, the questions I have around, like, love, and I think a lot of it is also me healing from a lot of my trauma of, like, what is love and mm -hmm. what does it mean to have relationships, especially with men? 
and what does this look like long term? So thank you so much for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. We're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.